Hello, Hierarch. Welcome to our daily devotional. Today we are continuing through the book of Exodus and come to the conclusion of the Ten Commandments. So uh, we are in Exodus chapter 20, verse 17, where we read this. You must not covet your neighbor's house. You must not covet your neighbor's wife, male or female servant, ox or donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, this breaks the pattern of the past few commandments in a couple ways. Uh, one way is that it's a little bit longer. It kind of uh, breaks things out and, and details things. So it's not like, you know, the command that you shall not murder is like two words. Uh, so this is a couple sentences. But another way, uh, maybe more importantly, that it breaks pattern with the rest of the commandments is this is the only commandment that deals with inner feelings. All the other ones have to do with actions, not murdering, not stealing, not committing adultery, not bearing false witness. But this one deals with the attitudes that are known only to you, the things that are in your heart that you should not covet, you should not envy or be jealous of what your your neighbor has. And uh, Dave, you brought up uh, when we talked about do not steal, you brought up the idea that uh, private property is uh, not something that the Bible argues against. In fact, it's kind of embedded here and it's embedded in this command as well, that you should not be envious or desire what your your neighbor has. Um, and, and I think once again, the the a big reason for this command and why it makes the top 10, like many of the others is that going against this command, living against this principle will really be something that destroys community and destroys your own spiritual life. Um, I think uh, one of the things is that kind of uh, envy and jealousy is something that robs us of the possibility of gratitude. It's, you know, it, it's hard to be happy when you're jealous. It's hard to be happy when you're envious um, Christian philosopher Lewis Smedes, who used to teach at USC, he's uh, since passed away now, uh, but he wrote that uh, gratitude is the greatest feeling in the world, and that it might be the genesis of all other good feelings. And in discussing that idea, he pointed out, like, if, if you feel entitled, like, even just that word, it, it, it strikes uh, us with kind of a feeling of repugnance, like, the idea, if you feel entitled, like, if you're like a spoiled brat, there's just no way for you to be happy about anything. And so it really robs you of even the possibility of, of joy. And so it's one of the worst things that we could do is to live with this feeling of entitlement. And, and this kind of misplaced focus really puts our focus on all the things we do not have rather than allowing us to be grateful for the things that we do have. Because, uh, you know, by and large, most of us have been incredibly uh, blessed. Even if we would like to compare ourselves who, to people who are maybe doing a little bit better or we imagine are doing a little bit better than we are, uh, if we are to compare ourselves to the rest of the world, if we're to compare ourselves to the rest of humanity throughout history, we're doing incredibly well. By and large, we are doing incredibly well. And I just think of um, Sheryl Crow's uh, hit song from years ago, uh, Soak Up the Sun, where she said, it's not having what you want, it's wanting what you've got. And I just thought that was a great kind of uh, lyrical, poetic way to really capture this idea that the secret to not just the happiness, but to, to the good life is really to be appreciative of what you have rather than uh, constantly focusing on what you do not have. And I think especially in the Christian context, if we're constantly focused on what we do not have, this not only destroys our relationship with our neighbor, it destroys our relationship with God because it blocks us from being grateful for all the incredible ways that God has already been uh, generous to us. And so, you know, nobody likes 
to raise a spoiled brat, no one wants to be a spoiled brat. But if we live in violation of this principle, that's in essence what we are. We're like God's spoiled children, spoiled brats who cannot appreciate anything uh, that we've received. And so, uh, Dave, I'm wondering what you see here in this uh, in this command. You know, it, I know it's, uh, it's for a command, I suppose it's long, as you pointed out, but it's still a relatively short teaching. But I think actually there are a lot of things that are in here that strike me. The, the first is, you know, we have a, a society today that is based on keeping up with the Joneses, right? Seeing what everybody else has and, and coveting it. I mean, that's what so much advertising, so much popular media is trying to actually provoke us to envy. That's the way they control us. <clears throat> and and by making me think that my neighbor has something better, has more, somehow is able to go on a fancy vacation and have a fancy car. You know, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do both? And, and so this, this idea they're constantly trying to provoke us to envy. And, and what they do is make us focus on the things we don't have. And, and in fact, now see you as the obstacle. You are my competitor for these things. Hmm. Rather than being able to, first of all, focus on what I do have, I think that's where the gratitude comes, and be able to say, wow, actually, and you know, anybody who knows me very well has known you know, it's my one of my favorite Psalms, Psalm 16, right? The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Yeah, there's boundaries. I don't have everything. But within the boundaries that God has set for my life are wonderful things. And, and whether you're rich or you're poor, there can be beautiful things inside the boundaries of our lives. And, and so, yeah, well, always the, the, the richest, most, you know, kind of person who's experienced the most exotic vacations or eating the most amazing food, all of us are going to look over the fence and see something that someone else has that we don't. And if if that's our focus, we are going to have no joy, right? We will constantly just feel a little embittered about whatever we have. Whereas if we can kind of turn our eyes to what's in the boundaries, the kind of the walls that God has put around our life and go, hey, here are some wonderful things. And I want to be thankful for those things. I want to delight in these things. I want to enjoy these things. And to the degree that I need or want more things, you are not my competitor. Instead, the idea is, hey, God, what do you have for me? What would be a good gift for me? And and I think that's that way of being able to acknowledge that this is really an ongoing conversation with God, because God could give us anything, anything at any time. God can give us everything at any time. And yet God loves us too much to do that. That's a really important thing. God loves us and God can give us anything. And because God loves us, God does not give us everything. And I think being able to hold on to that reality that forget whatever God has given John. God, what are you giving me? And how do I be a good steward of whatever it is, however much or however little? How do I be a good steward of it? So I think that's the the um, kind of the, the most important thing I think here. I'd also say I, I feel like the, the way that this has worked out is not just interrupting our relationship with God, but with each other, right? I see you as a competitor. And, and I just was reading the most fascinating article about the body, body positivity movement, uh, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a, a distinctly female kind of uh, thing. It's right. Nobody's saying to, you know, guys like me, hey, dad bods, awesome, right? Nobody's really saying that. That's not a big body t- positivity movement among men. 
Um, but there's a big body positivity movement. And I think a lot of people have seen some really wonderful pieces to that. Uh, but but this one article was suggesting that actually there's sort of this un sinister underbelly, which is that you know, she was writing, you know, kind of in her community, she she thought a lot of us are are saying, hey to our friends, don't worry about losing that way, because we want to be the skinny one. We want to be the most attractive mm. one. And so it's not actually a body positivity. It's 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 crassly the opposite of body positivity, but it's it's competition with your neighbor. And I just think, oh, what a corruption of I think what was intended to be a beautiful and good thing. Uh, and I think that's where the, this sense of competition with other people that makes us not only want good for ourselves, but makes us want bad for them. And I think that right there is, is this thing that breaks down community. And so I think that this, this sense of covetousness, not only, as we've talked about, cuts us off from God, it cuts us off from community. It makes us who are here to serve each other and love each other and build each other up, actually tear each other down and compete with each other and, and, and look askance at one another, even steal from each other, because we, we don't genuinely believe there's a Lord who loves us and can give us anything but loves us too much to do that. Well, uh, on, a, on a practical level, it makes me want to ask you, what do you do to counteract that? What do you do to create the kind of gratitude that will, will shield you from this temptation to envy? I, I know for me, one of the practices I've um, learned to do is to write in a gratitude journal each week. And uh, another thing is that I found uh, really helpful over time is it's really easy to forget my journey and to forget uh, where I have come from and all the ways that God has changed my life. And so sometimes it's really been good to get together with old friends, people who knew me when I was like in high school, for instance, and for them to reflect to me how they've seen me change and how God has changed my life. And that helps me to be much more appreciative of the journey that God has taken me on and to be much more trusting of uh, the, the next step down the road that I don't have to look at other people and be envious. I'm wondering what uh, you find helpful in your life to stay rooted in gratitude. You know, I'd say that exact same thing. Um, it, and it, not just the journal, but one of the practices that we have in our family is before we pray every night at dinner, uh, one of the things we do is we go around and everybody shares either, although you could do both, we share either something you're thankful for from that day or something you wish you could have done differently, right? Something you're kind of a little bit regretful about. Um, and so we share one of those two things. Everybody goes around the table and then we pray together. Of course, now it's a lot easier to pray, right? Because we just kind of put all that stuff out there. Um, so I, I think that that deliberate uh, place of gratitude and, and acknowledging those times, I'm feeling envious or entitled or whatever, and being able to bring that to God and, and unpack that and go, whoa, I, it's not that I, I want to be driven by these things. I, in fact, I want to have these things exorcised from me. And so being able to bring to God my struggle with that. And so quite literally, I mean, you know, this is, you want to talk about what's happening in my life right now. One of my sons who's just graduated from college, I'm so proud of him. He got a job. He's doing great. And he's buying a car this week, uh, a, a used car, but it's a lot nicer car than the one I own. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I kind of had to, like, I'm so happy for him. I'm really excited for him. Uh, but, you know, I got a car that's 12 years old and, you know, it's hauled around a lot of kids and it looks like it. And, you know, it's, uh, it's got a lot of miles and it runs great and it's comfortable and it's been 
relatively reliable. And, you know, I'm just so thankful for it. And I just, it was fascinating for me, kind of as I, as I saw this transaction kind of happening with my son, he's asking me questions about it. And I'm like, oh yeah, it is really, it is a great car. And I was just able to go, okay, this is the, this is that moment where I need to turn back and go, hey, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. I have a wonderful car that works. I've got air conditioning when it's a billion degrees out, like it is this week. I've got heat when it's cold, right? And it's like, well, you know, what do I, what do I need? And I'm so, and so just, but being able to deliberately acknowledge where this sense of covetousness was coming from me, right? There's a reason I use the car example a bunch of times today. And, and just be able to then turn that back and actually genuinely thank God and enjoy the car that I have because I've got a good car. And I think as I can do that with all kinds of things in my life, as I see some of my friends get, you know, promotions to positions I might have wanted for myself, just going, what am I doing? Right? God can do anything and put me anywhere and God can put me in the exact right place. I'm going to trust that that's where I am. I don't want to be in, in the wrong place that's more prestigious. I want to be in the right place, regardless of whatever prestige. I think being able to do that spiritual work of acknowledging where covetousness is getting in and then be able to not just this one say, don't do that, don't do that. But in fact, to be able to turn back with genuine appreciation and thanksgiving that God is taking care of me. And the things that I don't have, I trust even in that. God is taking care of me. Yeah, the world is going to try to, like you said, advertisements and everything else is going to try to calibrate us in different directions. And we, you know, we need to have this practice of recalibrating according to God's intentions. Uh, Dave, I'm wondering if you would uh, pray for us in all this. Let's do it. Lord, you are a good Good Father, you have caused the boundary lines to fall for us in pleasant places. Lord, you know our needs. You care about us. And Lord, you provide what we need to serve you and fulfill our purposes. God, I pray that we would be able to delight in your care and all the expressions of your care around us. God, you are good. We love you. We want to enjoy this good world that you've made for us. Thank you, Lord. We praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us. I hope that today you will find many reasons to express, to experience and express uh, the gratitude that's in your heart. Go in peace.